Captain Tins, Log Ventures, Star Dog, Snow.E. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Green Outline Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS. Uh, I forgot to write something. <laughs> Our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to get Scotty unstuck, unstuck from the core. Soy Trek the Podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest. Patrick and Britain. Talking, joking, farting, and shitting. All about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, this show is wrecked. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek right in your ears. Hey, welcome to the bridge. I'm Captain Britain. I'm Pat. Podcast is Soy Trek, the Star Trek podcast, where two Trekkies ask themselves, Sup, girl, can I suck that dick? <laughs> As you may have noticed, we have ads now. Don't want ads? Well, Soyagers, for as little as two little bucks a month, three Canadian, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. And not only get ad-free episodes, but you also get them all at once instead of having to wait for them like everybody else to trickle out over the week. Like, um, I don't know, like a, a green outline out of a mysterious ship. Or the... Or the polar ice caps. Yeah, they're, 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 they're leaking. They're, they're trickling down. Yeah, they're for trickling sure. down for sure. Yeah, into the sea. Um, also, if you're super cool and pay us $5 or more a month, we mention your name and say thank you to fucking cool people just like a Dan Morrison, a Dylan Lance, a Ian Killia, a Joanna Hearn, a Jordan Hale, a Shane Sawyer, a Nick Savard, a David Craning Sites, Adam Zendel, and Cappies. Aww. Love you guys. Yeah, all of whom are cool as hell and deserve a cool trading card. Mm. So, if you're in a position to give them a really cool trading card, maybe even a Star Trek trading card, you should do that. Skybox. Skybox has some old, awesome TNG, DS9, Voyager cards. Mm. Skybox used to do some cool cards. You know what? It's crazy. I I still have like X Men trading cards I had in middle school. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, and I don't think they're worth anything. So, yeah. hey, if y'all wants those, I'll mm-hmm. give them to you. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm an X Man. I'm non-binary. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, also, uh, it's, not, it's not that the claws come out of your. Out of your uh, hands. No, no, I wish. Um, <laughs> Also, if you give $10 or more a month, or just $10 a month, you get full access to my motherfucking Plex server, The Media Dungeon, Mm. uh, which has about 15,000 films and over 420 shows, updated every single day with new stuff just like all 397 episodes of The Smurfs. Oh, fuck yeah. Did you know there's almost 400 fucking episodes of The Smurfs? Uh, I can believe that. What, What country did it originally appear in? I don't I don't know. Yeah, because I, I feel like I feel like in some other country it has like a way more cultural impact. 
Mm. It's, it does feel, feel like Northern European or something. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. about like a, a vegetarian town where like one evil guy is trying to eat them all. Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh, okay. Um, <laughs> I also got the Cowboys of Moo Mesa, which I've actually oh, been looking for, for. It's like impossible to find, but I found it, dude. Uh, I need to make, I need to get my brother on this because. Yeah, is he really into Moo Mesa? Me and him used to watch Cowboys and Moo Mesa a lot. That's right. It's, it's like so hard to find. And of course, Street Sharks. and uh, all I've, you, you know, I have Street Sharks. Yeah, I know you got oh, Street you Sharks. Oh, you know I got that shit. Uh, <laughs> I also got uh, all of Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh shit! Yeah, which I watched a bunch last night. It's it it holds up. I think it's fun. It's fun. It's silly. It's Are there any celebrities that like anyone born after the year two thousand would have no idea who they are? I mean, there's a couple people who I think you'd get. Like, there's like Marilyn Manson's on there mm. a bunch. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's only known for young kids because he got canceled. He got yeah. too, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he kind of briefly hung out with Kanye trying to redeem himself. Yes. And that, but you know how well that turned out because you know, trying. <laughs> yeah, that's super good for both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's a dumb idiot and the letters BS, which stands for bullshit, but also stands for boogaloo secretions. Hmm. Which is not a coincidence. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess that's that. Uh, do you... Uh, well, oh, I don't have the song for that. Oh, well. Uh, do you want to get into uh episode we watched today? Yeah. What did we watch today? Uh, the animated series of Star Trek. Indeed, we The did. original. Why you gotta go and make Trek so animated? It seems this way you're drawn out TOS Makes me frustrated Well, at least they got Kirk and got Spock and got Bones And the rest of the cast, so at least there is that Honestly, promise me Jim won't fuck the cation. She's a All right, Star Trek, the animated series, season one, episode one, Beyond the Farthest Star. Uh, This one was released on September 8th, 1973, Mm. just three days away from a little day I like to never forget. (laughs) (laughs) This one was written by Samuel A. Peep. Peoples, a mostly Western writer who did a bunch of Western novels, hmm. uh, some episodes of Bonanza, some episodes of The Rifleman, and Have Gun, Will Travel. That's interesting. Yeah, didn't do much sci-fi. Uh, this is one of the few sci-fi things he did. Um, huh, that's fascinating because it had uh, this episode had one of one of my favorite kind of like sci-fi tropes. Yeah, honestly, it didn't feel Western at all. Which yeah, is kinda I, was cool. just, I, I, I was like really struck about like, oh wow, I, I like this. Co- I like I, I like this. Uh, the setup is story. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like yeah, the story. Yeah, in sure. sci-fi, sure. yeah. So. Uh, this one was directed by Hal Sutherland, who actually directed the first 16 episodes of the series. Mm. And uh, he, so the entire first season's done by him, and then the entire second season's done by another guy, and apparently that's the reason it like, fell apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there is uh, some, some, I don't know if they were cost-cutting measures or just like laziness. Yeah, but like the the second season looks markedly worse than the first season. I think that's. Oh, really? You you, you think the first season looks worse? Well, I mean, like the establishing shot was like a shot of them, like on them on the bridge. Is Mm -hmm. this them at, um, at, uh, or supposedly at, at, at rest? 
Yeah. But they're all like, if you look, they're all like, they're all like uh, bracing for impact. <laughs> that's why I was just like, oh, are we coming into the, 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 is there something happening? But no, they were just, they were just like on the ship normally. Interesting. So there were, there was a few inconsistencies here, but there wasn't like cat hair on the, on the negatives and stuff. Like I did see dust. Did you? Okay. I, I didn't see very much comparatively, especially to the second season here. Mm. And also there was uh, one character that was layered over another character. Incorrectly <laughs> I missed, didn't see that. But they didn't have anything as bad as a guy just appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. Like in the episode we last that, that's true yeah but i did i did like that the establishing shot of everyone on the bridge was them b bracing for impact and that shot is later used when the ship is actually in danger i love that like i'm like that is fantastic uh -huh. <laughs> it, it's just like lazy just like laziness we love that so uh, we begin with a captain's log from Captain James T Kirk says captain's log start eight five two two one dot three on outward course beyond the fringe of our galaxy towards Questar M17, a source of mysterious radio emissions. Mission? Star charting. Uh, en route to investigate and chart some stars, the USS Enterprise suddenly experiences severe hypergravitational effects from the Questar M17's negative star mass. It tries to pull the ship into the planet, but seems to be the source of radio emissions. Uh, they begin to plummet towards the planet, but another signal suddenly appears on their sensors. Kirk has uh, the ship sail towards the planet in an attempt to achieve orbit before entering the atmosphere, which ends up successful. The day is saved. Bones McCoy asks how they'll get out of orbit, and Kirk asks Spock about a slingshot orbit, for which Spock says he'll need some time to prepare the computations. To go back in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? They did the slingshot in... Which Star Trek was that? Oh, yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. anytime they want to go back in time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're just like, well... Let's yeah, slingshot around Earth. Yeah, It'll slingshot. work. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, whoopsie. Whoopsie-daisy. Whoopsie-daisy-daisy-daisy. Uh, what's on Luke? What is that? That's weird. Hopefully that works. Anyway, um, Ahura says she's getting the radio signal again, and it's appearing on the view screen. We see an alien vessel, or maybe an alien being, appearing as uh, maybe smaller pods tethered together with like some connective tubing of sorts. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it almost looks like maybe like a, a crude spider's web or something like that. Or like some sort of plant or something yeah, that's, yeah. About, to, that's yeah, about to go it, into bloom, yeah, or looks, like flowers. It, it looks bioorganic in a way. Mm -hmm. It de definitely doesn't look like a designed spaceship, really. So. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's also like much larger than the Enterprise, like 10 times as big. Mm. Uh, Kirk says it's been damaged, postulating it's been pulled in to the planet like them. Uh, Kirk says to contact them, but Spock says the ship is dead. Absolute zero and no life signs. Probability 0.997 that everything is dead. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah. Um, so... Kirk asks Spock to identify the metal the ship is made out of, or the design. Spock says it's both an unknown, uh, super-advanced alloy, and it appears as though the ship has been there for almost 300 million years, <laughs> since before humanity. Oh, uh, so, uh, Spock, roll back that uh, chance that ever... <laughs> Yeah. What was the probability? Let, let's give it a one. Let's give it a solid one. Let's go for yeah. whole numbers here, Spock. Yeah. Why don't you just round up on that one, buddy? Um, so Kirk asks if there's any indication as to the ship's power source. And Spock says no. 
But given uh, it's this far from a G1 star, um, uh, it's safe to assume they have some sort of warp drive. Mm. Kirk assembles an away team out of the four most vital people on the ship. Himself, <laughs> yeah. himself Bones, Spock, and Scotty, literally the four people who Yeah, know he doesn't take on. any any red shirts. Mm-mm. Like, you know... I mean, well, Spock's we- or Scotty's wearing a red oh, shirt. Oh, Scotty's wearing a red shirt. Yeah. All right, all right. But, but none of the expendable red shirts. Like, no. it doesn't take anybody that you would expect to go on an no, away no, mission this dangerous. No one whose first name is Crewman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, you know, just just in case something goes horribly, horribly wrong, like we're just gonna lose the captain, the first officer, the engineer, mm-hmm. like uh, why so, not? So they beam over using something called and the doctor. Yeah, they beam over using something called life support belts, which I don't think we've seen on Star Trek before, have we? Uh, and if if so, why don't they use them more often? Because they're basically like spacesuits. That you can exist in space with, but they're just belts. You know what? Now that you, you the fact that you said like um, that a Western writer wrote this, it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Like that's true. It's a utility belt, or, or like you know, just like the bandolier. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it was just like you know, just like you know, mm-hmm. like oh well, we're going to wear you know, you know, like a like a gunslinger's belt, you know, mm-hmm. type shit. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, you, you know, but he did bring up some cool sci-fi stuff. I always like you know in this yeah. episode. That's why I'm like uh, I really I was really engaged with this episode. I'm like yeah, I didn't I didn't. I mean, it was much better than the Picard episode we watched. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Honestly, like uh, like uh, it was much more interesting. And mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, like I, but now nah, but I could see like the um, the life support belts being like a Western holdover. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But I, I still liked them. I just don't like that they had them in this episode, and I don't think I've ever seen them in Star Trek. Especially, again. especially like they're exposed to open space well no no no. so so what the uh, support belt does is it creates a force field around them an actual oh, shield yeah yeah but like that's what i'm saying like they're they have they have the force field but that's all that's keeping them from open space yeah yeah uh, I, I mean it's it, I, basically like all that's keeping most ships from open space if they have like an open docking bay yeah. is a force field so that's true yeah. you know it's, it is what it is. And that's that's the thing. is like, because they go into spacesuits so much in mm-hmm. later Star Trek. And I'm like, after seeing this, I'm like, those are completely obsolete. Like, yeah. You could just be wearing the fucking shield belt. Like, come on. Yeah, maybe. for real. Oh, well, unless, yeah. unless maybe something happened where, like, you know, their energy source, so they can be easily disrupted or something, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, fucking Kirk was wearing it one time and some, <laughs> like, space girl offered to suck his dick. He's like, yeah, let me just take off my belt here. No! Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> Excellent choice. Uh, thank you. Um, so they are beamed into space on the ship and they can just like survive, I guess. Right, cool. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fine. They don't have a space suit. The, the belts work. Uh, Spock notes that the design of the ship is similar to that of the structure's Earth insects build. Especially uh, much like honeycomb from bees, mm-hmm. which is an interesting concept. Yeah, I was just, like that, everything was they were saying. I'm like more. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> like, yeah. We've we've got aliens on the far reaches of the galaxy that like you know design stuff like like insects. And I'm like, I don't know if I've seen that exactly. And so uh, I mean, you yeah. can make a, a a case that like you know the the Borg are kind of set up like ants mm-hmm. or bees. Yeah. That's fine. But like, this is something kind of unique. I think. Yeah. They've woven like a, a futuristic spaceship with no discernible um, propulsion system. Mm-hmm. That's much larger and has, um, has a, 
uh, a hull that's lighter and stronger than anything. That right. And, and so, like, everything about this I find compelling and, like, good sci-fi. Yeah. Like, this could stand, this stands alone as an episode of Star Trek. It could stand alone as any kind of sci-fi, I think. Yeah. It's just, it's just compelling, a good, good mystery, and mm-hmm. they build up to the mystery real well. They yeah. have a good conclusion. Actually, like, I... I didn't think I'd say this. Like, I liked this episode yeah. of TAS. Same. Like, the last one we watched, I thought was dog shit. <laughs> yeah. But this one's, like, good. And I'm yeah. like, what? What? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not great. Yeah, I like, mean... It, it, the it, animation's it, not perfect. Like, yeah. it's it's obviously... I think it, it's almost obviously supposed to be a full episode, so it feels a little rushed at times. But, yeah. like, overall... It's, it's, a, it's definitely a victim of its of its uh, budget and, yeah, and, yeah. and just, like, what they had to work with at the time. For sure, and but given that, it just shows how far a story can go, and mm-hmm. you know, and you have like a budget, like Picard's does. What, what, what did you? Say, what was the budget of Picard? God, I don't even remember. I want to say it was two hundred million dollars for Jesus fuck Christ for they, for season two and three though. They could have so they could have done they could have done like you know four hundred seasons of <laughs> the animated series on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, yeah, they could just have it in perpetuity to time <laughs> yeah, immemorial. Like, yeah, yeah. it could just be like there could be like a fund to always make like a basically an endowment that would never run out. There's a new episode every day. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> um, Picard seasons two and three were filmed for between eight to ten million dollars an episode. Jesus Christ! So approximately ninety to a hundred million dollars a season, probably. Cool. Uh huh. And and uh, I want. I want to say California gave him like a third of that or something like that. I want to say, I think I think it was twenty million dollars or something that they gave him, but it was it was a lot of fucking yeah. money. I mean, I'm I'm hoping everyone. I'm glad everyone was paid. That all the creative people that were actually did like the the designs and everything else, and you know the workers who put it together were paid. <laughs> I'm hoping they were paid well. Um. So for the first season alone, it got fifteen point six million, and it got a record. Oh, it, it got twenty million for season two. So each season that they're making, um, I I'd, I'd say probably ten to twenty percent of it is paid by um, the taxpayers of California. Wait, did you say like the first season was made on fifteen? No, the first season uh, it was made for still like eight to ten million dollars an oh, episode, okay. but they were given fifteen point six million dollars by the state of California, uh, twenty million dollars for the second season. I don't know how much they were given for the third season, mm. but so far we know they've been given at least thirty-five, thirty-six million dollars against budgets of you know nine uh, hundred eighty million dollars for the first two seasons. So, Jesus. so it's like you know about a fifth of their costs are completely covered by uh, unwilling taxpayers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is this is like this is why voting in local elections is incredibly important, because like we are being dished dog shit on a cold plate <laughs> because no one stood up and said maybe we shouldn't give all this money to people who are already wealthy. Yeah, like they're taking all this money and they're just paying the underlings so they can take the big profits off top. Yeah, like if you can't if you can't make a show if you can't make a television show without the state funding it like this isn't the this isn't we don't have the bbc we don't pay for shit like this they're taking this out of the public coffers yeah it's not okay and then it shouldn't there shouldn't be a um uh or at least there shouldn't be if uh a uh a uh financial barrier to watch it 
No, 100% not. <laughs> like, no, like, like, if you live in California, they should give you Paramount Plus for free. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, you've, you've already paid for it. Yeah. You already have paid for it. No. I hate it. <laughs> um, so, God damn it. Uh, they are beamed into space. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, Scotty notices an alloy and notes that uh, it's not casted or molded, but rather spun like a spider's web. Once again, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Kirk notices that all the individual pods of the ship seem to have been burst open from the inside. Bones postulates that it was some kind of accident. Spock notes that accidents seldom have such system. Which is an amazing line. Yeah. Like, it's just so subtle and amazing. And I was just like, I like rewound it. And I'm like, damn, that's good. Yeah. Accidents don't have system. Mm -hmm. You are right, Spock. That's some logical ass shit, dog. Yeah, there was some methodical shit done to uh, this. And so a lot of people actually refer to season one of TAS as the fourth season of Star Trek. Because a lot of people do think it holds that consistency, whereas season two obviously is a fucking pile of shit. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, so far. And I, I think uh, one thing we're going to do, I think we're just going to review all of the TAS in a row, if you're okay with that. I can dig it. Uh, because I haven't, I haven't seen it. So. Exactly. No one's seen it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more importantly, like, nobody's reviewed it. It would, and, be, and it would and, be funny to also um, review it in contrast to Picard. Yes. And also, <laughs> and also maybe most importantly... Uh, the memory alpha synopsises on them are very incomplete. Yeah, so I'm you can submit the ones that you write exactly, and so that's yeah. what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. After this, just take gonna, all the dick jokes out. Uh, I was gonna say because <laughs> I have a lot of jokes I, I just throw in here, and like I'd have to, I'm gonna have to go over with a fine tooth comb and be like, no, nah, that's way too gay for this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, no, uh, no. Uh, Kirk does not want to get topped uh, right here. No, like he's. Yeah, I mean, no. he does, but I can't see. I know. He, I know. He's like putting his ass out, and he's bent over the station. He, he just wants Spock's green cum. <laughs> no, put that out. Okay, mm. okay, okay, okay. So, um, um, <clears throat> uh, so next we get a captain's log. Oh, actually, no. One more thing. Um, so, uh. Spock says that the alternative is that the crew of the ship destroyed the ship themselves. Mm. So we don't know. Next we get a captain's log. Captain's log. We have beamed aboard the alien ship found orbiting a strange dead star. The Enterprise is recording all data for the log and a full report later. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the, the, so far it has a lot of stuff I like. Yeah. Ancient spaceships. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. uh, like weird, weird, like weird, like unconventional designs that are completely alien but that are that are both foreign but also somewhat familiar in a yes. way that they can like describe them in a way that we get yeah because you know if, if spock would have been like oh this looks like the uh, atomic structures of the newfaloon bug i'd mm -hmm. be like i've lost you yeah yeah but he's like honeycomb and i'm like i like honey mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> yeah it's like something that like has like completely com uh, been completely been built without any sort of influence from it's like earthling type people like yeah. shape people yeah it's yeah. like it's it, that stuff i think is interesting it's Definitely. very cool and also then we have a mystery like a fun, a, mystery. a fun a fun deep space mystery so it has like so i was always like mm, oh what you have <laughs> so from the mystery ship kirk contacts ahura and asks if she's still getting the radio signal from the ship she says it stopped the moment they beamed over he asks her to lock onto them and beam them inside the ship. 
they beam inside, and away uh, the away team sees a massive alien ship that's registering a building amount of energy. Spock says that the tendrils on the ship are wands to attract energy. Hitachi magic wands. <laughs> um, motion, sound, light, heat, and every kind of energy uh, is around them. Scotty notes it seems the whole ship is designed to receive and store energy, which once again, really cool idea. Yeah. Really cool idea. Um, Bone says he feels like they're being watched, and Scotty agrees. Spock says it is a physiological symptom of fear for such a massive alien ship completely unknown to them. Kirk confirms that compared to the beings of the ship, they're all primitive beings as they keep searching. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. They come to a doorway, and Spock just shoots it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. and, and it opens. That's it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, a one part of the episode where it's like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, uh, okay, we got to figure out. Yeah, I mean, like. Solve it with a gun, Spock. <laughs> solve it with a gun, yeah. Solve it with a gun. Because it's like, okay, well, like, we have to figure out. They probably had, like, probably, like, the originally, like, it was like, all right, well, they have to figure out this alien code. They have to figure out, like, the way that the aliens open this up. Like, <laughs> maybe they don't have conventional fingers that we're used to. And there's probably this whole scene that probably uh, preceded this. And then, like, they're <laughs> like, okay, we got 22 minutes. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> uh, see, <clears throat> how do I put this? Herb, Herb's not good with doing fingers. So if yeah. you could just cut out the whole long fingers yeah. thing, um, <laughs> Herb you, would really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and, like, we, we really got to cut this for time. So is there any way we can do this faster? And the guy's like, shoot it. Done. <laughs> it's like, oh, you are a Western writer, aren't yeah. you, buddy? All <laughs> right. I like the way this guy thinks. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, the door opens, and inside is a much more humanoid corridor and lab. Spock scans it with his tricorder and finds artificial gravity and air in effect. Kirk tries to contact the Enterprise, but their signal is being jammed. Uh, Scotty is like... We can blast our way out of here, but the energy <laughs> in their phasers has been drained. They are trapped there, but continue searching. Over at a console, Kirk determines that this was the control center of the ship. Uh, Spock notes that the source of the interface is emanating from it, or sorry, the source of the interference is emanating from it, something that wasn't part of the equipment, but was jury-rigged in an emergency in order to shield the room from whatever came aboard. Interesting. Scotty says nothing, uh, even if they survived that. Or sorry, Scotty says, uh, noting, even if they survived that. Uh, sorry, Scotty says nothing, even if they survived that event, could not survive another 300 million years. Yeah. Good point, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, Spock says, yes, no known life form could survive that long. Interesting point, Spock. <laughs> Suddenly, like, the, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Ben Shapiro me, motherfucker. Uh, I mean, <laughs> given though, where didn't they come to that planet? Um, we we reviewed the episode way long ago. I don't know if you were on the podcast yet, mm. but uh, it was a planet where like the people had lived as their brains for a couple oh, million yeah, years. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, we reviewed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they've already encountered like million year old beings before. Yeah, right? they've encountered shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So. Um, also, like they could be in stasis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of stuff there. Yeah. So. Uh, suddenly, the door to the room starts lighting up with energy. Kirk asks if it will hold, and Spock says, yeah, if it stays at that level. 
Suddenly, the face of a bug-like alien appears on the view screen, saying something the Awake team cannot understand. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Talking to them like the uh, Charlie Brown teacher. Yeah, the Charlie Brown teacher. teacher. Yeah, absolutely. So, Transporter Kyle Chief reports to Sulu that... uh, Wait, no, sorry. I read too far ahead there. Um, Kirk wonders if maybe it's a warning, as it seems to keep repeating. Spock says it's possible that this technology survived and works on a translation. The door seems to be giving way, and Bones tells them to hurry the fuck up. (laughs) Spock speeds up the recording, and the warning says that instead of carrying the malevolent life form to other worlds, they have decided to destroy their own ship and there is no other answer. They say, if you can understand this message, you were only protected at this moment in this room. Right then the message blows up, and shit all around the room starts exploding, and the team is beamed back to the Enterprise. You know what this would be really good as, to be honest? Mm. This would be an amazing Strange New Worlds episode. Oh, absolutely. Straight, like, all of the characters fit in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good plot. It's mysterious. And I think more importantly than anything, it has something that they don't do in Star Trek anymore. Yeah. It has an undefinable villain who is not actually malevolent. Yes. Like, it's it's like... Yeah. <laughs> I was... You know what? I, I, I forgot. I, I was thinking that during Picard. Like, everyone wants to fucking blow up Earth. Yeah. No, that's and it. Like, that's it. That's like, like, everyone, everyone fucking hates Earth. Everyone fucking, so everyone much, fucking yeah. hates Earth mm-hmm. for seemingly... No reason. You no, know, it's because that's where Starfleet's at. Yeah, that's where Starfleet's at. And, I mean, in, in Prodigy, it makes sense because there's an actual payoff because they spend the entire first half of the first season explaining why someone wants yeah. to blow up Starfleet. And then the second half of the first season, like showing them trying to blow up Starfleet. Yeah. And so it's there's some real buildup and some real payoff there. And yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, like, and, and, and really, it also it's like yeah, this is again like exploration, like how encountering the unknown, which mm-hmm. is like something that can be like applied to any th- number of things in our own lives. It's right. like it's like something like you know that makes us curious, that mm-hmm. make then that and humanity is curious, and like the that curiosity, if we ever get the ability to traverse the stars, we would carry that curiosity out, and we would be interested by this stuff. And one would hope so. We would hope so. Yeah. And it's just like and it's just like a fun adventure there no one really gets fucking killed <laughs> no one, where it's just like there's no fucking like grim reve- like dra- you drag your face across the concrete revenge type shit right and and that and it's just like i don't know that shit's more compelling mm-hmm. personally to me like i mean this is like because like i like uh the the rendezvous with rama series by like arthur c clark where it's like mm-hmm. again just like like encountering and again that has uh you know that has they're encountering unknown aliens that the the conflict comes from just like how like humans encounter alien life for the first time and mm-hmm. and encounter or encounter unknown alien vessels and all that stuff and that right. stuff's fascinating yeah and that that's cool that's always awesome going the exact opposite direction like you know like starship troopers the movie yeah, not yeah. the book not the book the movie <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the movie like is also awesome in that it, like it says basically the same thing but 
in the opposite way. Oh my god. And in fucking Star Trek keeps on trying to do something somewhere in between but a little farther to the fucking Starship Starship Trooper side yeah. and it it, it narr- Starship Troopers without the irony or parody. Right, exactly. And so it's so like it just tonally it just does not work for me because what they're trying to say and the beliefs and worldview and ideals that are actually expressed through the writing do not make sense together. Yeah. They're they're in conflict. Oh my god! Yeah, because yeah, it's like, you know, I you know I, I've heard them say people say like yeah like Starship Troopers is the movie for the people that live in the Starship Troopers universe, like you know that they would watch yeah unironically yeah and they'd be and, like fuck yeah and yeah. that's what Picard is <laughs> supposed to be for people where it's this it's we're spo- <laughs> it is it is like the the movie within the movie type yeah. thing just like the star troopers for us <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a meta it's almost like a weird meta commentary on tng but they're doing it in just like the weirdest worst way yeah i don't know like they they literally have have dashed fucking picards and you know the the tng movies didn't do him any favors but no. but they they i feel like picard the series has so far ruined john luke picard's reputation from what it was yeah which is like it's a fictional character. How can you ruin the <laughs> reputation? But they did it. Yeah, they actually did it. It's crazy. <laughs> Those crazy bastards. They did it. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> uh, so the thing says, if you can understand this message, you are only protected at this moment in this room. Right then, the message blows up, and shit all around the room explodes. Mm-hmm. The team is beamed back to the Enterprise. In the transporter room, transporter Kyle Chief reports to Sulu that they got the away team uh, right after the explosion happened and beams them back. But Kyle exclaims that something's beamed aboard with them. Some green glowing glob. Big old booger. It's Slimer. Hey, hey, <laughs> Slimer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's basically a big old booger that's dancing mm-hmm. around. Uh, Kirk tells him to transport it back and shoves him away from the console. Literally shoves him, his employee. I, yeah. like he's like, fuck you! You can't do it fast enough, I need to do it. You don't know how to do your job! <laughs> Get out of the way! Uh, but it's too late, and the green cloud possesses the away team, Chief Kyle, and all of the system's Shit. computers. You know what that, that green glob probably was? What's that? Scottish sex ghost. You're totally right. A hundred percent right. It's just a prequel, dog. Mm. It's been, I've been here for three hundred million years. I'm so horny. <laughs> My I just need hole. <laughs> My ghost dick is so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Scottish. I'm Scot I'm Scottish. You know how horny the Scottish are. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a ghost in a kill. Oh my god, what if what if actually it's Scotty? Ooh. Like Scotty and the Green Glob Ooh. exchanged essences. <laughs> essences. Yeah, we didn't. We never knew. Oh, I like that. So anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, Scotty. So on the bridge, it's full systems go, and nothing seems to be out of place. Scotty notes that the alien commander said they had to destroy their own ship. Kirk says perhaps we should be ready to do the same, and has Scotty go arm the self-destruct sequence down in engineering. Spock notes that the energy is pulsating, much like a hard cock. <laughs> uh, much like a beating heart, actually. Oh, yeah, beating heart, yeah, yeah, that's what he says. I, I think mine's more correct. <laughs> um, suddenly, especially since um, fucking 
like Vulcan Hearts beat at like two or three beats a minute. Mm. I mean, his doesn't do that, but his cock does. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, suddenly, Ahura reports decks six and seven have lost life support, and manual override is not responding. Suddenly, there's trouble at en- at the engineering core, so Kirk tells Bones to go check it out. Down- Why Bones? Mm-hmm. It's like funny that they send bones. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> I mean, you know, if there's trouble, it could mean medical trouble. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So down at engineering, Kirk and Spock rush in, and Scotty is caught in a warp core manifold with bones standing right there. And he's like, what are you doing, Step McCoy? <laughs> uh, and Bones says, my namesake. <laughs> uh, so Bones says his life support belt force field won't hold for very much longer because he's still wearing the, mm. the force field belt. And it's, uh, it's helping him from not being crushed. Kirk has the core hatch opened, but Scotty says it's no use. The mechanism is in fact frozen. Kirk orders cutter beams on the hatch, and finally it works and they free Scotty. Suddenly, Sulu calls down and says that the green energy has commandeered the weapon systems <laughs> and they've locked phasers on the other ship. It fires and the other ship disappears. Spock notes that all of the systems were acting under their own control and the overrides would not work. Mm. Interesting. It is a shame mm. that the ship was destroyed because like, the potential of having that material yeah right like, i mean it's it's space age alloys that they've never seen before yeah that's that's uh, yeah well i mean it was in spa- in the void of space but still it survived you know? yeah oh. yeah be interesting so, yeah. yeah but it would have changed would have changed the course of starfleet history if they perhaps, had perhaps. Yeah. so scotty says they can't get into the warp core since the cutter beams have been drained of all power Hurra says three more decks have lost life support Spock reports power out everywhere but critical systems. Uhura says something uh, is going through all the computer storage banks, seemingly taking over the entire ship. So Kirk has an idea and asks Spock if he can rig a low-frequency shield like the one from the other ship onto their navigation console. Spock Mm -hmm. says yes, but only in a three-square-meter area. Bones says he can't seriously believe they uh, can outlast a 300 million year old evil. And Kirk says he's sure it's tethered by gravity of a near star and it needs a starship to break free and a crew to man it. Much like God from Star Trek V. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this thing's very much like God from Star Trek V. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually kind of cool. I, I'm fine with that. Maybe that's where they got, this, got the idea from. Five. I, I, I'd honestly be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so suddenly a voice comes on and says Kirk is in fact correct and he has uh, the ship he's waited for for so so long so terribly long and suddenly the computers all scramble uh, so this is the, the, the being that's mm-hmm. tormenting them apparently uh, the creature has taken control of the ship it orders the navigation force field deactivated uh, Kirk says he needs to reactivate the life support systems first but the creature disagrees calling them non-essential yeah <laughs> it's pretty cool he's like yeah i don't give a shit if you guys survive right. and, and so like yeah so you know much with anything like this creature isn't exactly evil it's just completely selfish yeah which like a lot of things are you know and yeah i mean and plus i mean he probably has a certain sense of desperation like yeah trapped on that other ship without right. anybody for so long and mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, your lives are basically meaningless to me. Pretty much. (laughs) So Kirk asks what will happen if he doesn't obey the creature and uh, is shot by 
a um a chandelier phaser system on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah. Did you see this? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what what purpose does this serve? Like at any time. Maybe uh maybe a form of, of defense if they ever got uh if they yeah, if they ever got taken over and so they literally genocide whatever's on the bridge. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. I feel like just having that system is a huge accident waiting <laughs> to happen, right? I mean, the guy that wrote this, you know, he, he had, writes westerns. He he's writes like, westerns. He's like, yeah, but maybe they have a chandelier with guns on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got some candles and guns. He probably fucking wrote like a uh, the bar scene. You know how bar the bar yeah. like when westerns their this bars. The whole, whole thing have, was supposed to be have gun will travel. Yeah, and just, he just replaces all the names. He's like, and, uh, and like it ends with like, okay, and so they shoot the chandelier at the top of the bridge. Uh, they don't have a chandelier. This isn't like an old time western bar. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the chandelier lands on the monster's head. No, that that, that can't work. We have to do something else. <laughs> but we're keeping the chandelier. You hear me? <laughs> Maybe. Not t- you can pry the chandelier out of my cold dead hand. <laughs> Maybe it's a, it's a, it shoots things. Okay, maybe. Maybe it it's that. a defense chandelier. You ever thought about that, son? Oh, you ever thought about that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Now I see you listening. I see you. I see you. I see you. Oh uh, yeah, you're picking up what I'm putting now. You're picking it up now. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you got the script as long as that chandelier stays in. Now. Okay. <laughs> just, 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 so you know, this is the chandelier script, and I'm not having it any other way. <laughs> um. So Spock rushes over, uh, but also gets shot. By the chandelier. Yeah, by the defense chandelier. <laughs> the defense chandelier. <laughs> uh, one second, I'm just going to write down defense chandelier. Defense chandelier. Uh, Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. Yes. Um, so, um, the creature tells Kirk to get rid of the force field, and he says that he'll obey. He puts his force field belt around the warp drive control and tumbles away, disabling the warp drive and avoiding the chandelier phasers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which Kirk, is smart. Like those those uh, those uh, belts make a lot of or uh, used a lot in this episode. Yeah, like it, which makes me like hate that they don't have them anywhere else because they rock. <laughs> they, like, these so, things are so useful. Yeah, so far they've done three things. They saved have, everyone's lives multiple times, yeah. but we never see them again. Yeah, they're like, okay, these things are too cool. Let's get rid of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Kirk tells Scotty to install auxiliary controls. He asks Spock uh, what they're dealing with, and he tells them it's a magnetic being that does not exist physically, but is capable of having symbiotic relationships with a host body. Um, gosh. So, magnetic being that doesn't exist physically totally disregards what magnetism is. <laughs> yeah. Magnetism is not an invisible force. Well, it is an invisible force, but it is an invisible force between two objects. <laughs> you can't have one side be non-physical in mag- magnetism. It doesn't work like Now, you talking lots of science at me, boy. Yeah. I don't know what the hell you talking about. Listen, listen. I watched them Beekman twirl. I watched them <laughs> Mr. Wizard. I even watched them building out that science filler, and I ain't never heard what you talking about. Okay. Oh, 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 magnets have a physical body? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't see nothing pulling them together. For <laughs> you just, where, 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 what's pulling these two magnets together? You show me. <laughs> Check, it's, checkmate, atheist. It's, in, it's invisible. Listen, it's the god power. That's all you can say. That's all you can come up with. Yeah, 
Checkmate, atheist. Go like, fuck your dick. Like how we're doing like a uh, like a New Orleans <laughs> like down <laughs> south accent. Suddenly it's just like a- Snuffy Smith is excoriating <laughs> someone over a Star Trek script. Before a, before a Western writer. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> he's not a cowboy. He's like, not, not, not Dad Burner here. What you see now? He's a guy on the bayou. Yes. <laughs> just some... Just some Creole guy who's really into horses. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and, and, and already read that. So, who uh, Kirk asks Spock what they're dealing with, and he tells him it's a magnetic being that doesn't exist physically, but is capable of having symbiotic relationships with a host body, like a starship, for instance, and can use a starship like a man uses a body to jerk off yeah. <laughs> uh, it has become the enterprise and they have simply become part of its immune system mm. what part of the immune system do you think it is i think it's like the appendix mm. uh, yeah maybe like something you don't know exactly what it does but i think it's part of the it could be the liver i mean yeah yeah so so they're like we got to get drunk to defeat this <laughs> thing <laughs> They just break out the Romulan ale and get fucking wasted. Bring out Scotty. (laughs) Get the poly water. We're going to get fucked. Um, So, uh, uh, it has become uh, the Enterprise, the creature, and they have simply become part of its immune system. And it's getting more powerful. Kirk asks Spock if he can compute a slingshot away from the planet. And Spock says he can, but he's going to need Scotty's help. Um, and they don't have a computer, so he's going to need to do it entirely in his head. Oh, shit. Yeah, got that crazy head game, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the creature gives them coordinates to the heart of the galaxy. Uh, Kirk does uh, start sending them there, and Spock notes... Again, this is like, you know, five. Like, they had to go to the center of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Kirk does, and Spock notes that this being can uh, reproduce by mitosis and take over every other starship that they encounter on the way. Uh, it can control whole planets even. Suddenly, Scotty gets the warp drive up and running, and they activate the slingshot away. The creature, afraid that they're going to hit the planet, uh, shoots Kirk again, and he's wincing. Uh, and they activate the warp drive just in time as they slingshot away from the planet. But just as they're about to hit it, the monster escapes onto the planet. And the planet has a big green glow around it now. <laughs> it loses its hold on the Enterprise. Uh, it pleads, but they abandon it. And it's like, no, please, no. Oh, do it. No. <laughs> God, I'm so glad I put that on the soundboard. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a, that's a one-two punch right there. You know what? That one's on the board. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it pleads. They abandon it. It begs not to be left alone. And you know what? It's actually kind of sad. <laughs> it was. Like, I kind of like, feel bad for this I was poor watching guy. that. I'm like, oh, don't leave him. Yeah, it's not like Armis <laughs> to where it's like killing everybody indiscriminately. It just like tried to manipulate a way to get out of here because, you know, it's not even as manipulative as fucking Picard yeah. is on, uh, you Who's know. Who's to say he would have left on his own volition? I know, afterwards. right? Like, he same, been... same with God from Shock yeah. Ali, you know? Yeah, he could have just been like... Thank you. Now I shall give you the treasures of the green person. The green yeah. glow. And just like Kirk's dick grows like <laughs> four inches and he's like, my motherfucker. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with five inches of dick. <laughs> he's like, thank you. <laughs> cool. I guess I won't pee on my balls anymore. <laughs> Hell's fucking yeah. 
Happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we they could have had the re, uh, had the reward of the Scottish sex ghost, and they totally missed out. I mean, this was pre-Scottish sex ghost, so, you know, I'll, I'll give them a pass. And, uh, yeah, that was the episode. Oh, actually, one more thing. Captain's Log, stardate 5221.8. Final entry. Resuming outward course beyond the farthest star of our galaxy. Mission, star charting. So... No, this is not beyond the farthest star of their galaxy. <laughs> yeah. You know how I know that is because nobody else in Starfleet except for Tom Paris has ever left the galaxy. Yeah. They never, the galaxy's enormous. The galaxy's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, like they've never, they haven't even gone into deep gamma or delta quadrant. Mm-hmm. Like they've only been to a quarter ish of the galaxy at most, even with Voyager. Now, what the hell you talking about? You, you got them math and them star charts? I'm talking about the wagon train and the stars. Now, I'm just an old-time country western rider. Now, I, I now, I'm just an old prospector looking for gold in them there Star Trek. You're telling me I need to understand uh, outside outfits you wear when you go out into space listen all a man suits all a man's needs is a belt all a man's need is a damn belt <laughs> now you're telling me i need to understand how magnets work and the edge of our galaxy the hell i'm a motherfucking juggalo a- i don't understand how magnets work <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> Oh, today is National Juggalo Day. We stand with Juggalos. Stand with Juggalos. Stand with Juggalos. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. What'd you think? I liked it. You know, yeah, me too. It is funny. Yeah, just like you know, of course, we watched Picard. I watch. I, mean, I I personally watch. I watched Picard before I watched this episode. I'm guessing you did the same thing. Yep, yeah, I did. And yeah, it's just like I felt better watching this after <laughs> after yeah, watching this. It. This was like a nice dinner mint after eating a plateful of shit. Yeah, yeah. Was- I mean, the only real downside i will say that for this episode is the animation i mean the animation isn't great uh and like you know it's not long enough i don't think yeah it's not it's definitely not long enough it could i think they could have done more with like Mm -hmm. uh, with greater length if it had actually been like an hour-long episode that would have been cool um and i'm guessing like they probably did just take this and turn it into episode uh see or uh um the fifth movie yeah Yeah. (laughs) kind of and like um so, uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's like, there was that, I definitely saw hairs and dust on some of the still, on some of the stills. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually didn't catch that. Uh, I, I, I was like, since I saw in the last episode, uh, we watched, I definitely was like looking out for it, looking yeah. out for looking it. Out for and of course, like the establishing shot of everyone on the bridge in distress <laughs> that was used as them at rest and then just used later and as them in distress, I think. Are, are you sure they weren't coming? No, everyone, you know how they were like brace for impact and they're all like at the side. Yeah, you but know? isn't that kind of how you come okay, to? Okay, yeah, they could have been coming. Like, especially like when I stand up masturbating, I have to like brace myself against the <laughs> yeah, wall or something. True. Like, oh my God. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, to save the animation, like, you know, it's, I think it's a good episode. Like, you know, it, like I thought it had some, I thought the spaceship, the alien spaceship itself had some very interesting visuals. Yeah. The, like, yeah, the, the, and a very interesting design. Yeah. It, just a compelling um, antagonist. Yeah. 100%. Like, and that's what really made this episode. I mean, like, obviously, like, everyone behaved consistently in what they mm-hmm. do. 
But more so than that, it introduced the cool force field belts, which I really like. Yeah. And also introduced a one-off antagonist that's very interesting and we never see again, <laughs> which I actually really like. That tells me that like good writers are happening and they don't need to fall back on old tropes. And also, shit. also, again, Kirk just like not thinking thinking uh thinking of anyone else like doesn't bother to mention that the ship sh this planet should be off limits to any other visiting starships no no he's <laughs> like I, I bet i bet he tried to fucking drop con and the crew off on yeah, this place yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah that place yeah it's like con like, gets down there's like fuck oh my god Oh, my Prince Albert. Oh, my God. What's, what is this place is too magnetic? It's pulling my dick <laughs> off. I will say, yeah, that's probably another downside to this episode where they don't think of the implications of the villain they introduce. Like, this this, right. could, this, this villain could be absolutely devastating to the entire Federation. I mean, it's it's, it's basically fucking Magneto. Yeah. It's, it's a Magneto with a non-corporeal body, which makes him even more dangerous, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, so. like, oh, and he can also, like, multiply multiply to every single ship and control all the ships mm -hmm. and then just basically fucking destroy earth no problem like uh wild okay so we're just gonna leave him here on this planet and just like cross our fingers in hopes no one fucking visits this place yeah i mean we'll they'll send cybok after him eventually to beat the shit out of him uh, that's true just whatever damn do you think maybe that is like the cybok planet the cyborg planet. Like, well, I mean, like the god planet. Oh yeah, Shakari. Yeah, Shakari. It could definitely be Shakari. That, that's that, that, what I was saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's totally like it's basically this magnetic thing is not any different from God on Star Trek Five. Damn. Like, and it's looking to do the exact same thing that it is too, right? Yeah. Like it needs its own spaceship to escape a planet. Yep. And that's it. And then like, yeah. Shit. I think this. I think this. Uh, I wonder if this theory has been posited. I don't know, but we're positing it right now. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek V is just a kind of a sequel to um, the animated series, uh, season one, episode one, Beyond the Farthest. Hey, and you know what? That'd be a interesting, like just how Khan was a callback. Yeah. Callback villain. Like, mm -hmm. so was God. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? Damn. I like it. I like I the like theory. it. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that. Um, pretty, pretty good episode. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, especially after watching that sh the shit show that is Picard. Yeah, I mm -hmm. was like, all right, yeah, this is why I like. So you know what? Why don't we do this? Because we're gonna watch the full two seasons, I guess. Uh, what predictions do you have for Star Trek: The Animated Series? Uh, I mean, I don't think it'll have any overarching plot. <laughs> no, definitely not. I hope not. I mean, this is during the you know the golden age of Trek when they are they were like. Yeah, uh, maybe like plot should be like two episodes uh, length at maximum. Yeah, and they should be self-contained. Everything's resolved at the end of the episode, and we move on to the next adventure. Yeah, and the stakes aren't like consistently universe-ending bullshit. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I, 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 the only th like things I can say for sure, uh, there's going to be awful animation. It's gonna. <laughs> I, I can guarantee it's gonna get worse because. Yeah. I feel like this episode was actually better animated than the the first episode we watched, which was mm -hmm. somewhere in season two. Yeah, and and also isn't there also like uh, besides the awful animation, I, I can say for sure, isn't there also like a sort of like um, uh, romance between Sulu and Acacian? Uh I think that sounds right. I I haven't watched all of this though, and the Cation actually isn't in that much of it. Even oh, though, damn. Even though the Cation is on like all the oh, promo no, materials. No 
Meow. Um, yeah, like no cat girls. Uh, no, unfortunately, no cat girls. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm also pretty disappointed about it. God, that scared the shit out of. <laughs> Sorry. A bunch of ghosts were booing at me. <laughs> boo! <laughs> yeah, because because that's exactly what real ghosts do is they say boo. Like, Have you met a ghost? I've I've watched the ghost documentary Casper the Friendly Ghost and Casper Spirited Beginning. Thank you very much. I'm still getting used to the soundboard, and also I'm very easily startled. So that's, just that's let you, let everyone out there know. So. That's fair. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put just the howls of like uh, a murderer on here. Yeah. So. This stuff that'll like give you unsettling nightmares. Oh god, mm. that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's super good. How about you? Any theories? Um, you know, obviously the animation is going to degrade over time, <laughs> especially because yeah. uh, the thing a lot of people don't realize about like old animation is it's a uh, it's a large series of like transparencies, yeah. and so like basically every character uh, is like you know if you see a character standing there. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you'll see like characters overlapped in weird different ways. It's because they're all on transparency sheets. Mm. And so they just layer up a whole bunch of these transparency sheets on top of something, take a picture, you know, and then start moving things around. And then that's how things move. And that's how, you know, things go. And so, um, <clears throat> so they don't, they don't re redraw and re ink most of these transparencies because no. they're very time consuming to make. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't want to have to like redo something over and over and over. And so they keep these. And so eventually they just get covered in fucking cat and dog hair smoke, especially in older programs. Oh, yeah. So like when their guys are just smoking, why they're doing this. Yeah. And so like the animation I'm going to say is going to get not noticeably darker, but like slightly darker. Yeah. Because it's just like people smoking indoors around these fucking transparencies. Yeah. They're going to get a thin layer of tar on them. Back in the good old days when mm -hmm. everyone just had cigarettes half hanging out of their mouths while so, they were. It's so crazy to watch old <laughs> films and stuff and see that. Yeah. Guy, I mean, some dude was just like, had the cigarette had in his mouth and just breathing smoke on, 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 the, on, the, on the animation cells. It's yeah, like, right? It's like, hey, I could use a little more uh, uh, black ink. And he just like ashes it on there and mixes a little water with it and smudges it <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, because I'm also guessing like the budget wasn't where it was, like where they can easily also just like have the budget to replace these cells after oh, they got too dirty. Definitely. So they're just like they're, I'm, I'm guessing like the chain smoking like uh, guy who wants to kill himself who <laughs> who animated this mm. probably went like I need more money to replace the friggin' cell. <laughs> <laughs> like no, you can't do that. He's like, but it's covered in my dog's hair. <laughs> it's covered in dog hair smoke. You know, uh, come bodily fluids. I won't, I won't <laughs> exactly say oh, what. Only, only the Cation slides, though, okay? <laughs> yeah. Not any of the human ones. I don't really care. Oh, uh, by the way, some of the Cation slides went missing. <laughs> some of them are kind of stuck together a little bit. I don't know what that's about. I don't know, man. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I you know I can't I can't explain it, but we can't use the Cation in this scene. That's why <laughs> that's why they cut her out of the later seasons. Yeah. Like, why are all the Cation animation sheets uh, you know one giant block? <laughs> <laughs> or, or or when they were submitted, like why is the Cation in her underwear? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, she's a cat, so she's kind of already wearing clothes. Does your cat wear clothes? I didn't yeah. think so. You know, she, she's so. really. 
if you think about it, wearing underwear, she's beating them halfway. Yeah, she's like, she's like, she's like, she's you, should, you should be glad I didn't shave the occasion, all right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's she has the underwear, but she hasn't fully adopted. You know, the shirt, the pants, the, you know, the shoes. Definitely not the shoes. Never the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> if if you put shoes on my creation, I will come to your motherfucking house and I will show you what's what. You hear me? <laughs> we gotta see. We gotta see these cats tootsies as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, there's an audience for it. There will be an audience. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be huge. You can't deny our existence any longer. We're out there. We are out there. There's 20s of us. 20s. 20s. <laughs> Man, that, that dude, he was, he, was, he was a true pioneer. Yeah, we, we we love the. He's forgotten by the annals of time. You know, his, the his anal, annals. Annals. His 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 name has just been like been re- reduced to dust. His name was Samuel A. Peoples. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Oh damn, that's a great name for a Samuel weird, A. Peoples. People yeah. Peoples is a great last name for 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 I, a cat for a cat foot pervert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he, I, uh, I bet he uh, poked a couple um, Samuel A. Peoples in the <laughs> adjoining apartment wall. <laughs> hey, there's a hot girl there, and she has two cats. <laughs> All right, hot cat girls with big stinky feet. <laughs> Samuel A. Peoples is into it. Oh, I wanted to be a cab, but I gotta have those dogs a barking, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this guy. Yeah, I mean, just, Samuel A. Peoples is my new favorite character in Star Trek. Yeah. Let's have him as a guest on like every single one of these episodes. Like, oh, uh, yeah, he died forty years ago. <laughs> Too bad we're bringing him back from the dead. <laughs> bringing him back from the dead. <laughs> We're gonna weaken the birdies, and we're gonna just dig them up and play some calypso music, and and make them dance around for us. Okay, play the calypso music, and he starts trying cat feet. Here <laughs> 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 go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> he just starts his corpse just starts getting up and dancing, and starts just drawing, drawing, draw, drawing cat feet. My my cat's just staring at him in horror. He's like, "Not you, little one. Not you. You gotta be a cat." Girl, you gotta be anthropomorphic. You gotta have the. You gotta, you gotta have, have two arms, all right. You, two you arms. only got four legs. Different, <laughs> way different. I'm, I'm not some kind of fucking pervert. <laughs> oh God. Well, oh man. I, uh, I guess we should thank our guest Samuel A. Peoples. Yeah, Thanks thank, for joining us yeah, today. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Peoples. <laughs> R.I.P. Peoples. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess uh, with that. Captain's Log, Supplemental. Well, that's it, folks. Time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe. And as Ferengi, rule of acquisition number three says, never spend more for an acquisition than you have to. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks for trekking with us, soy boys, girls, and other worldly beings. Hang dong and shocker. Soy 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 soy
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>